you, ladies. It is such a joy to have Brother Sutherland with us today. A good man of God. I love him. I appreciate him. He is the real deal. Just every time I talk with him, there's just, I'm impressed with his spirit. He has the right spirit, and that encourages my heart. Preacher, you come preach to us today, whatever the Lord's given you. honored to be here this morning. I'm grateful that uh, that the Lord saved me. I've been saved for 22 years. I'm glad the Lord saves old sinners. Changes their lives. I want to thank God this morning for Calvary. The blood of Jesus that washes away all of our sins. Purges our conscience from dead works that we could serve the living God. I, I have uh, Brother Martin, thank you for the preaching this morning. And uh, God help me with that. And uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that I'm sure most of us, all of us would be ashamed of. But uh, I'm glad the guilt is gone. Uh, you know, the devil reminds us of things in our lives and our past. But the blood of Christ has purged our conscience. The guilt is gone. The memory is still there, but that guilt and that condemnation is gone. And I bless the name of the Lord this morning. I am, uh, I am unworthy to be here. I am honored to be here. I am humbled to be here. Uh, I, I do not know how I got here. I mean, other than the vehicle, you know what I'm talking about. But... As far as uh, why or how uh, with the uh, preachers that we have here today and uh, I am just uh, I'm overwhelmed by the grace of God. God is, he is um, been so good. I'm sorry. I mean, Amen. I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. I don't know what I'm doing. But uh, I'm just uh, just glad I'm saved this morning. And uh, just honored to be with the preachers, men of God. That uh, you know, I, I. Uh, I'm not talking about compromising and, and or anything like that, but but man, I'm telling you, uh, there's a there's a war, there's a there's a battle. I'm gonna preach on that this morning, Lord willing. But uh, I mean, I, I need you. I, I do. I'm not I'm not your enemy. Uh, if if we don't. If you may see some things different than than I see them, I'm not. I'm not talking about doctrine or anything like that. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm for you. I'm I'm with you. Amen. As long as you as long as you preach out of King James Bible, Amen. And uh, I'm I'm for you. 
for you. And you, you know, you, you do what God wants you to do. Amen. And, uh, and I'm telling you what, if, I, if there's a, a least bit of a, a compromise, I've heard my preacher say, if there's any compromise in blood in my body, I'd want you to drain it out. But uh, I tell you what, we're, uh, and the devil's got us, it, it's, he, he, we're not ignorant of his, or we should not be ignorant of his devices. I'll put it to you that way. It's the fact that he is trying to call, and there ought to be some division. God is a God of division. God wants us divided. He does. And I know people that, that you know, talked about being unified. I'll tell you something. You can have, you can tie two cats' tails together, and they'll be together, but they won't be unified. I'm not talking about compromising to, for doctrine. But I am talking about this, that the adversary has got us fighting amongst ourselves, picking one another apart, uh, straining at a gnat, Swallowing the camel, amen. Most them people end up swallowing a gnat and smoking the camel. They do. Amen. People talk about, well, you know, we're majoring on the miners and minoring on the majors. I didn't, I didn't know there was no miners. It's all major because it's in the Word of God. But, but God did not make me or you to be the chief of police of the Independent Baptist movement. Uh, God wants us to be who we are and, uh, and for each other, for each other. I'm so sweet, I just nearly about gag you want it. Amen. <laughs> but uh, I just tell you, I, I'm, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm with you, not against you. Amen. Judges chapter number six this morning, Judges in chapter number six, and I have a 20-minute bottle right here. Brother Jason gave me, so, and I done drunk about three or four minutes out of it, so, hey amen, it's an honor to be here, I appreciate my pastor being here today, and, uh, and uh, he, he does have some posters with him there, and uh, so make sure if you will, you men of God, pick, pick up a poster or two with you, and you may have a place of business to put it in, and try to come, if you can, try to come spend some time with us, and we'd, lo- we'd love to have you there. And I'll say this, and uh, and then preach a day, and we'll go eat some good barbecue. But um, if you hear someone saying that, uh, you know, there's all kind of stuff, um, and I guess we probably flatter ourselves thinking people talk about us more than what they really do. That's probably pride. It really is. It probably really is. I'm like, why in the world would somebody waste time talking about me? I mean, really, in all honesty. But there are people who say, well, you know, the Faith Baptist Camp, he's going to shut Faith Baptist Camp down and all that stuff. That's a lie. That's never crossed my mind. I want to keep, uh, I want to keep, the, keep it like it, like it has been and to keep the door open not to build something but just have a place where we all can come and get some help uh, and to be an oasis uh, in this place. And it has been for many years. And uh, it's my intention, and uh, if something happens and uh, the Lord comes back, uh, Brother Brian Haney will be the new moderator down there. <laughs> so, uh, amen. Amen. Judges chapter number six. Let's stand as we read the word of the Lord here in the book of Judges. 
in chapter number six. In this text, we find the nation of Israel that's coming off a time where everything is going good. Uh, it seems like Israel's enemies are pretty much at bay and things are going okay, pretty much fairly smoothly in the life of the Israelite people. No real big problems. And isn't it amazing when those things are going, things are going good at the church, things are going good in your life, things are going good in your quote-unquote ministry or the family or whatever, we kind of ease up a little bit. We kind of put it in cruise control. And that's kind of where the nation of Israel finds himself in Judges chapter number 6 and verse number 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass, they came up with their cattle and their tents. They came up as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number. They entered into the land to destroy it, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out before you, from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, for you have not obeyed my voice. There came an angel unto the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abiasrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midians, Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites. As one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. Thank you. You can be seated. I appreciate you standing. The following is from the cadet prayer, which is repeated every Sunday in chapel in West Point. This past Sunday, they repeated this prayer there at West Point. It said, make us choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong and never be contented with half truth when whole truth can be won. Endow us with courage that is born of loyalty to all that is noble and worthy, that scorns to compromise with vice and injustice and knows no fear when right and truth are in jeopardy. 
And that's where the nation of Israel finds themselves in this text. They're in a place where truth is in jeopardy, where the very stake of their families and their livelihood uh, stands to be lost in Judges in chapter number 6. And so as it tends to happen in our lives sometimes, things are going good, and we have a ten- tendency to forget God. And that's what's ha- happened here in this text. And so the Lord let some things come up in our life. He allowed the enemy to come and prevail against them uh, to show them how much they really needed God in their life. And uh, we need God. And I know that that is an understatement, but we need God. I tell you, this church needs God. Amen. It's a Baptist church, ain't it? <laughs> it needs it. Our church needs it. Where you pastor needs a touch of God. And we need God in our church. We need it on the preaching. We need it in our families. We definitely need it in this country. And we've got to have God in our life. Now listen, when the bills are paid and things are going all right, for the most part, uh, the children are behaving, no real bumps in the road, everything's going pretty good, we have a tendency to let up. And, and and I, I, that's a danger that I feel like that we get into, that we get apathetic toward the things of God. Things are going okay. And the people say, Brother Randy, I want you to pray for my church. I got problems in my church. I'm like, oh, you got people in your church. If you got people in your church, you're going to have problems. And that's what the church is for. Just bring all your junk, bring all your problems, bring all your issues to the house of God and let some good old-fashioned preaching take care of your problems because that will fix every issue that you got if you'll just handle it through the word of God. But things get going good, people start getting saved and you're baptizing people, people joining the church and you let up a little bit and you ease up a little bit and God sometimes will allow the enemy to come in our life to drive us back to where we need to be. And uh, I want to preach a little bit this morning on being fit for the fight. Being fit for the fight. Now I thought about this, really what I'm doing this morning is giving you a military briefing. And I read this, that a military briefing The purpose of that is first to ensure the listener's understanding of a particular mission, operation, or concept. Secondly, it's to enable the listener to perform a specific procedure. And thirdly, to provide the listener with information on which to base their decision. And also, it will advise you of some possible issues that you're going to encounter. And here's what it said. He said, since your listeners need to know about your subject, you will not need time-consuming attention-getting devices. If another speaker introduces you and your subject, you only need to give a quick overview of the subject and proceed immediately to the main points. He said this, if you're introduced, you might just say, good morning, I'm Chief Petty Officer Jones, and I'll be briefing you. Well, I'm going to say this this morning. Good morning. I'm Randy Southern, and I'm going to be briefing you this morning about being fit for the fight. And the reason that I'm saying that is we need to understand that there is no place to let up. We are on a battlefield. Now I think a lot of people think that we got on the good ship lollipop when God saved us and some people think that we're just on the love boat but we're not. We're on a battleship and Lester Roloff said this, it's a battlefield brother, not a recreation room and so there is no place to let up. There is no place to take your foot off the gas. There is no place. Listen, God wants us to go forward. God wants us to march on. Hey listen, there are higher heights to climb. There are greater mountains for you and I to conquer with the help of God and there is no place to let 
it up. I think a lot of people think that we're on the playground, but we're really not. It's a battlefield. This keeps coming in my mind. I'm going to tell this. Uh, you know, we, we have these preacher's fellowships, and we all get up, and we say, you know, I'm so-and-so, and I pastor such-and-such, and this has been probably, I've been saved 22 years. This has been 18 or 20 years ago, probably, and Brother James Langston was there, and everybody was standing up, and they said, everybody said, well, I pastor Unity Baptist, and I pastor Grace Baptist, and I pastor Friendship Baptist, and uh, Brother Langston stood up. He said, where I pastor out, we tell the truth. He said, I pastor Battlefield Baptist, amen. And I thought that's about right, amen, because it is a battlefield, and it is a place where the enemy is roaring against every one of us. And I tell you this, when you commit your life to God, I believe there's some men in here that are committed to God. I believe there's some men in here that have fought the good fight of faith, but that's exactly what it is. It is a good fight of faith, amen. And when you get saved by the grace of God, you declare war against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, you know, you enlisted in the fight, but you got enlisted when you got born again. 2 Timothy 2 and 3 said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 6, 12 said, Fight the good fight of faith. And it is a good fight. Let me say this. If you're going to fight a fight, fight a good fight. Now I'm not talking about challenging somebody and telling them you're going to beat the devil out of them in the parking lot. I'm not talking about that. But I will say this. If you're going to get in a fight, fight a good fight. Praise God. I mean, tire two, water hold, ball bat, whatever you got to do to keep them from beating you to death. Well, what we need to realize is, is our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling hands of, pulling down a stronghold. I'm telling you, listen, we don't, our, our war devices are not ball bats and not sticks and not even words. Praise God, if you got God on your side, God working on your behalf, if you keep God on your side, you can overcome and get the victory. Amen. And I'll tell you this, it's worth every ounce of energy that you and I can muster up because it is a good fight of faith. I cannot think of anything else that I would rather do than to be an old time Christian today. We sing that song onward Christian soldiers marching us to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Forward into battle see his banner go. And the world and the flesh and the devil are doing everything they can to stop us from going on with God. Now I want to look at this today and preach just a few minutes on being fit for the fight. First of all, we need to look at the power of the enemy. Now, the Midianites here were extremely powerful people. And you know when they come? They come at harvest time. Isn't that amazing? I mean, listen, God begins to move in the church again and, and sinners get saved by the grace of God. And I'm gonna say something right here and run a rabbit and, and, and just hopefully uh, that I'll let the fur fly right here. We got people coming to our church. I hope y'all don't throw us under the bus. Uh, but we got people coming to our church now. They've got tattoos. They don't know fetch from Sikkim. They think Hezekiah's a book of the Bible. I mean, they have no idea what all's going on. But I'm telling you, God saved them and God has changed them. And God's done a work in their life. And they don't know a whole lot. What's amazing to me, though, you can get up and you can preach. I mean, buddy, you can tell it like it is. You can show them what it says in the Word to God and you know what they'll do they say well I haven't got there yet and you pray for me preacher but I'm trying to get there uh, but then you got people listen they've heard it all their life uh, they become dull to it uh, they're not going to hear it anymore but I'll tell you what praise God give me some old converts that don't know nothing uh, but just love God and say preacher tell it like it is amen because I'm what we're trying to do is let people understand we are in a battle we are in a war amen 
and we have a powerful enemy. And I'm not trying to glory in him, but I can say our adversary is powerful and you can't handle him and I can't, can't either. Verse number five tells us that they would come in like locusts and they would be ravaging the land. And what they could not carry with them, they came in and destroyed. And that's what's happening. The adversary is trying to destroy everything. He wants to destroy the unity in the church. He wants to tear up. He came to steal and to kill and to destroy. And you know that powerful enemy that you and I are facing, uh, we cannot defeat him on our own. And we cannot defeat him with our intellect. And we cannot defeat him psychologically. And I'll tell you what we try to do. Uh, we tried to, uh, and I, listen, I'm not against books. Praise God, get books. Brother Harrison's got a bunch of them back there. Amen. You'll owe me $5 a book if you sell a bunch of them. But I'll say this. You're not going to get it from what Dr. So-and-so has got to say. I'm telling you, listen, you're not going to get it from what Dr. Phil's got to say on how do you overcome your battles. You'll get it from this book, amen. But praise God, God's gave us a King James Bible and it'll help us overcome every battle and every issue in our life. And I tell you what a lot of times we try to do, we try to figure it out. Listen, what might work at your church ain't gonna work at ours. And what might work at ours ain't not gonna work at yours. But I tell you what will work. It will be the preaching of the word of God. And I tell you, listen, that's when the adversary came against the devil. He came against him in Matthew chapter number four in the wilderness. And just like God, the Bible said that the Lord was led of the spirit into the wilderness. And I'm telling you what's gonna happen in our life is it's happening simultaneously. God's wanting to develop us and the devil's wanting to destroy us. And we need to understand and do like Jesus did. It is written. Hey, I appreciate what the preacher said about, about emotions and about experiences. Hey Amen, that's not gonna get us through. I'll tell you what will get us through is thus saith the Lord and what God said. This woman one time, she said, I know I'm saved because I went down to the altar and my sister was praying in the altar and I grabbed my sister by the hand and I felt electricity go through my arm, go up my back, uh, through this other arm and went over in my sister. I said, listen, ma'am, uh, that does not mean you're saved. That means you stuck your fingernail file in the socket, amen. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're not saved by feelings and emotions and you're not gonna do it by somebody's do better book. You'll do it by getting back in the word of God, amen. That's how they defeated the enemy, but they did not defeat him because they had strayed away. You know what happened? The Midianites were now in possession of the land. That's why the Bible said in Ephesians 4, 27, neither give place unto the devil. That word place is where we get the word geographical or geography. And what's happened today is we've gave up some geographical territory in the church. Sometimes we might try to give it up a little bit. We'll say, well, I'll tell you what. Now, listen, these we, we're gonna have to get this group in here. We're gonna have to get this group in here uh, to get somebody energized. And we're gonna have to get this one in here uh, to make people feel better about themselves. No, i tell you what. I, we need somebody, praise God, to get up. And I'm not talking about getting on a hobby horse, but I'm gonna tell you every once in a while your preacher needs to eat about a half a bag of 16-penny nails. I chase it with some diesel fuel shut his hand in the car door about five times and come to the house of God, amen, and preach. Don't tell us how good we're doing. I'm not doing good, amen. Praise God, I need somebody to get up and tell me the truth or correct me where I'm wrong and let me know how to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil, amen. Spiritual battles cannot be won on natural ground, amen. We've got the Bible, but the Midianites were in possession of the land and they were polluting the land. They brought in their idolatry. God forbid that happening to you and I. 
that we begin to bring in things and allow things in our houses and allow things in the church that just not ought to be in there. Right, listen, I'm not against the ministries of using different things that, that people have used. And, and, and listen, I, I know that, uh, you know, some people may say, well, God used this and God used that. I know that. I understand that. But I appreciate what Brother Killian said. I'll tell you what's going to help me. I'll tell you how you got saved. If you got saved by the grace of God, you got saved because a man of God got up full of the Holy Ghost. God touched him. He had been spending time with God in a pine thicket somewhere. He was full of God. When he got to the house of God, he didn't get up there and apologize five minutes about what he's preaching. He got up and just told it like it was. You got under conviction. You got saved by the grace of God. That's why you're here today. Amen. You didn't have somebody up there telling some sob story. You didn't have somebody up there with some puppet ministry. You didn't have somebody up there with some black failed against the wall. Praise God, I'm glad I'm in a church today. Amen. Praise God, it looks like a church in here. It don't look like a honky-tonk. It don't look like a diver. It don't look like a VFW. Praise God, it looks like a church. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, I'm just telling you. Polluting the land, possessing the land. Amen, the power of the enemy. But look at the prayer of Israel. You know what the Bible said in verse number six? It's amazing to me. We do the same thing. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And do you know as far as I can tell by looking at this, do you know it had been seven years? The Midianites came into the land and it had been seven years since they got there. But this is the first time you hear where they prayed to God. It went on for seven years. We're pretty critical sometimes, but I look at my own life and I think, man, I, I'll call this preacher and I'll call this pastor and I'll try to get advice from this one. I tell you, thank God for a good counsel and thank God that you can glean from experiences in what some people say. But I'm gonna tell you what, sometimes God's gonna let you experience some things yourself uh, to let you see that God is still God and that he can move and he can bless you. And here's what's happening in the text. For seven years, they tried it all. For seven years, they tried gimmicks. For seven years, they'd say, well, it doesn't work anymore. And everybody was doing right in their own eyes. Uh, but here's what happened. God got a hold of a man. And you know what he did? He began to pray. Uh, and because he prayed, the nation prayed. I'm gonna tell you, if I didn't believe Jeremiah 33, three was still in the Bible and would still work today, I'd shut my Bible and go back to selling hardwood flooring and raising cattle, amen? I'm gonna tell you, God said, call unto me and I... I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Do you know what that means? That means call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Honey, if the enemy is coming against us and the Israel and Israel is not prevailing against the enemy in the text, I tell you what they did. They prayed. Buddy, I'm gonna tell you how you can change your church, how you can change the way God uses you is get a hold of God and let God get a hold of you. But he prays still works today. I tell you, you'll see people say, well, Brother Randy, why ain't we having a move of God like we used to have? Because we've got too busy to pray. We've got too many gadgets to pray. we got too much going on to pray. Buddy, I tell you what, prayer still got the job done 50 years ago and it'll still get it done today. What we do is the enemy begins to prevail and we get nervous and we get all shook up. Amen. God told him, he said, you've been disobedient. And because of your disobedience, you're destitute. He said, because of your disobedience, you're, you're in danger. And because of that, you're destroyed. But they prayed. Buddy, I'm telling you what, 
Why did they wait so long to turn back to God and to pray? My question is, why have we waited so long to do that? Amen? Why have we waited so long to do that? Amen? They waited until every possible option had been drained out and then they prayed. You know, that's what we, we, we've done that. I mean, I've been saved 22 years, which has not been long as some. I mean, there's some of y'all in here look like you got saved in a different dispensation. <laughs> you know what that is? That's experience, friend. That's what the preacher preached about. It's experience. They've watched God answer prayer. They've watched God come through. But I'm telling you what, if it worked for the older generation, if it worked for the season, I didn't realize this. I read in the email, I'm seasoned. That's what it said in there. Hey Amen. I, I don't hardly know nothing. But I'm going to say this. There's some men in here that are seasoned. Buddy, I'm talking about that know what they're doing. And you know what they'll tell you? You know what they'll tell us today? It has not been intellect. It has not been a program. It has been preaching and praying and getting a hold of God. Buddy, I'm telling you, that's what's still going to work in 2019 in our churches. Man, praise God. Gideon's preparation. Look at what happened in verse number 11. The Bible said that, and there came an angel under, uh, of the Lord and said under an oak which was in Ophrah uh, that pertained unto Joash, the Abias right, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the wine press. I'm gonna ask you something. Here are the Midianites who gathered all around and they're flexing their muscle. And here is one man. Now you read earlier in the text, they came in and they took all of their crops. They took all of their land. They took everything that pertained to them. They took their livelihood away. Everything they couldn't take away, they destroyed it. I mean, listen, they destroyed all their crops. How, pray tell, is a man threshing wheat? You gotta have some fields to grow wheat. It takes some time to grow wheat. It takes some rain to grow wheat. And I tell you what Gideon did. Gideon said, Mr. Enemies, you may be coming in here, but I'm gonna tell you what, my wife and my children are dependent upon this wheat. And my family is dependent upon this grain. And my family is dependent upon my crop. And I'm telling you, somehow, some way, here's this man Gideon. And he said, I'm still gonna raise a crop because my family's depending upon it. I'm still gonna guard the things. I've still gotta have a harvest for my family's sake. Buddy, he's threshing wheat in the presence of the enemy. Buddy, I can tell you the devil's just about convinced every one of us. Hey, and here's what we say. Well, we're living in the last of the last days. We're living in the gleanings. I know that. I understand that. We're living in the last of the last days. Buddy, but I'm telling you, God is still saving sinners. God can still fix people's lives. God can still reconcile marriages. God can still revive ministries. And God can still save sinners. We're using it as an excuse. Amen, we are, we are. We're using it as an excuse. But he, although he was in the midst of enemy territory, he still had a harvest. But we're living in those days. We're in the midst of enemy territory. And we're surrounded by things that you never thought. Did you ever thought that you would ever have to preach against same gender marriages? Did you ever think they would be the day where you'd have to identify what is a male and what is a female? Did you ever think that we'd be facing those kind of days? Buddy, I'll tell you, that's the kind of life that you and I are gonna live. We're gonna have to stand against things. I'll tell you what Sunday did. He preached against the sins of his day. Moody preached against the sins of his day. And you and 
I are going to have to declare what the Bible says about it. I'm not talking about calling them bad names. I'm not talking about using vulgar language, but I am talking about using what the Bible said and stand for the truth. We've got to do that, amen. He guarded his labor from the enemy somehow, some way. And you know what? I say this. There's too many years. There's too many years invested in these ministries in this building today. But there's too many tears, too many prayers, too many sleepless nights, too much, too much knocking on doors, amen. Uh, too, much, too much labor that's gone into it. You've prayed too many prayers. You've labored too much. I mean, you've made too much sacrifice and that's what Gideon did. You've put too much in it, amen, uh, just to let up and let go and say, well, we're living in the last days. Let's just ride it out till Jesus comes. Hey, we believe in the imminent return of Christ. We believe he could come back right now. But I'll say something, that's what they believed 100 years ago too. He could come back at any time. We believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And the only way you can believe that is to be premillennial, by the way. Amen. Amen. My name's Randy Sutherland. I approve of this message. Amen. We're fighting that today. Amen. If you're here for any of the tribulation, you'll be here for all of it. We're getting out of town when all that's going on. That ain't in the notes right here. Okay, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Too much labor. Too much labor behind it. Gideon said, you're not, you're not getting my field because my family's counting on this. I, I tell you, we, we've got to the place where we're, we're sacrificing, giving up so much stuff. Let's narrow it down. If, you're, if you've got a family, if you've got a home, but it's not all about a name or notoriety. The bottom line is this. Before God called me to do anything, God has called me. I've been saved. But you know what? I'm to be a husband. I'm married. I, I'm to be a husband. I'm to be a daddy. But I tell you what, erase all these things and the pants on the back and the attaboy buttons and I'm not against any of those. Praise God, honor, give honor to people. But the bottom line is this, you gotta go home at the end of the day. You got a family to give account of. You got people that are counting on you. You got a wife, you've got children, you've got grandchildren, you've got siblings that are counting on you. They said, Daddy, uh, Mr. Gideon, Gideon, we're counting on you, Daddy, to stay faithful. We're counting on you to give us something that we can dine on. We've got a generation that's counting on us, man, and we're going to have to prepare. 1 Peter 5, 8 said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. I told you when I pulled up a while ago that I spotted a lion in the woods over here behind the fellowship hall. If I come in and said, now, Brother Cofield, and I pulled up a while ago, there was a lion in the yard. I'm not talking about a German shepherd that had been shaved down like <laughs> I'm talking about a lion in the yard. If I'd come in and said, there's a lion out there, there's a lion in the yard, lion going to get us, lion in the yard. You know what happened? Every one of us in there said, oh, Brother Randy, you didn't say no lion. If I came here white as a sheet, if I walked in that door and I said, there's a lion out there. I would convince you there's a lion out there. I tell you what you would do. When you went back to your vehicle when we left this place, you'd go back different than when you walked in. 
You walked in, Sasha. Well, <laughs> praise God, good to see you. There's a bunch of books in here and everybody's feeling good. Honey, if I told you there's a lion out in the yard to convince you so and convince you thus, you'd go back to your vehicle a lot different. You'd be going back to your vehicle like this. If you pack in heat, praise God, you'd have it. You wouldn't have it on your side. You'd have the safety off. You'd have it in your hand, amen. Because you'd be going back to your vehicle different than how you came in. Well, the Bible said we have an adversary as a roaring lion. When we leave these doors, when we walk out this building today, there's a line that's after your ministry, after your home, after your family, after your church. And that's why we need to be sober and understand that we are in a battle. And it's going to take some preparation. Amen. Some preparation. I'll tell you what. Somebody ought to be able, ought to, be able to, to deal with some things in the Bible from a biblical standpoint. People not get upset. I'll tell you, listen, the adversary run things through your mind. Say, well, you say that, you're going to run them off. I'll tell you what's, I think what's, what's hurting us today, and I mean, I'm just telling you this, and, and, and as God put this on my heart, how many of you have, have read Pilgrim's Progress or at least have heard of Pilgrim's Progress from John Bunyan? John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress, which is an allegory of the Christian life. It's a tremendous book, and it tells, and it really is, it just gives you an allegory of a Christian life. Well, here's one of the segments of it, and I'm going to read this. Here's Christian, and here's what he says here. Christian obviously is the Christian. He's almost to the celestial city. He's almost home. It says, they went then till they came to a place where they saw a way put itself into their way and seemed withal to lie as straight as the way which they should go. And here they knew not which of the two to take, for both seemed straight before them. Therefore, here they stood still to consider. They come to the crossroad. That's what's happened. And said, and as they were thinking about the way, behold, a man, black of flesh, but covered with a very light robe, came to them and asked why they stood there. Now, this is the adversary. It's the devil transforming himself into an angel of light. And you know what? He didn't get them with compromise. He didn't get them with apathy. Here's how he trapped them in the net and almost prevented them from finishing well. Here's what he said. They answered, they were going to the celestial city, but knew not which of the ways to take. Follow me, said the man. It is thither that I'm going. He said, I'm headed the same way you're headed. I'm going the same way you're going. He said, so they followed him in the way that but now came into the road, which by degrees turned and turned them so from the city that they desired to go. They're looking this way. And they said, well now, sir, the celestial city, the lights of the city are this way. And he's saying, no, no, they're not that way. You're, you're, just, you're just kind of deceived. You're kind of narrow-minded. Follow me. I'm going to the celestial city. Here's what he's saying. Of course, again, this is the adversary. And he said, yet they followed him. But by and by, before they were aware, he led them both within the compass of a net in which they were both so entangled that they knew not what to do. And with that white robe fell off the black man's back. Then they saw where they were. Wherefore they were lay crying sometimes so they could not get out themselves. He had caught them in the net. He had sprung up the net in their life. He had net. He had laid a snare for them. You know what that man's name was? The flatterer. Nobody's greater than you are. I like to accompany my, myself with the greatest men. 
I like to accompany myself with the greatest Christians. I like to accompany myself with the greatest saints of God. That's the flatterer. Amen. Here's what it said. Christian, then said Christian to his fellow, now do I see myself in an error. Did not the shepherds bid us be aware of the flatterers? As the saying of a wise man, so we have found it this day. A man that flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. That's Proverbs 29, 5. You know what we need to be careful today? Now I'm gonna say something. We got men of God in this. You know what? Doesn't matter how long you've been in the ministry. Doesn't matter how long you've been preaching. If you're saved by the grace of God and God's called you to preach, praise God, you're, you're just as important as anybody else. That is the truth. Amen. I believe you ought to honor people. I believe that you ought to do that and I believe you ought to give honor where honor is due. And I have done that my entire ministry by the grace of God. And I'm going to tell you what, I've heard my preachers say this many, many times. Lust of the flesh will get you at an early age. Lust of the eyes will get you when you're middle age. And I've heard my man of God say this many times. But what will get you at the end of your ministry is the pride of life. Do you know what? Gideon said, God, I'm the least of the least. Now, God said he's a mighty man of valor. You know what? Gideon didn't believe that. Gideon never swallowed that. God said, you're a mighty man of valor. God sent him a message, you're a mighty man. He said, I sure don't feel like it. I sure don't think I am. How in the world am I gonna be able to win this battle against all these Midianite people? I'm the least of the least. I'm not from the tribe of Judah. I'm not from Benjamin. He said, I'm the least of the least. But I'll tell you what, we need to never get over the fact where we are. Every one of us ought to be in hell with our back broke. Every one of us don't deserve nothing but to be in hell today. And here we are saved by the grace of God, preaching the word of God, serving God, teaching a Sunday school, doing something for Jesus. God, help us not to ever get so big that we think that we don't need God. But we may get too big for God to use, but they want none of us ever be too small for God to use. Now, I'm gonna tell you this, flattery. And I'll say something, I appreciate the kind words that's been said. I really do. I've got men in here that have encouraged me me, and been such, a, such an encouragement to me and helped me along the way. I wanna thank God for that. Amen, I, I'm pleased just to be associated with you. I thank God for that. I'm gonna tell you what, if we get to believing, one man said one time, he said, I appreciate all the nice things that you said about me. He said, but I hope I never get to the place where I believe them. Man, I'll tell you what, what is gonna get us? It's gonna be lack of humility. It's gonna be pride. And I don't want to see that happen. We are in a fight, we're in a battle. I believe everybody in here for the most part and I don't know you and, I, and again, I'm not going to get on your website and try to figure out where you're at and where you stand and blah, 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 and et cetera and so on and so forth. You wouldn't be here if you didn't believe the King James Bible is the word of God. Yeah, I mean, you might be here and if you don't believe that, you need to get right about that. You wouldn't be in this fellowship if you didn't have some things in common. Let's don't let the enemy get us with our pride, with our arrogancy. You said, I've, I've never had any problem with pride. Listen, don't, don't say that. We, we've, all, we've all had that. And you know what happens? You preach, people get saved. What do you do? 
Buddy, I tell you what, buddy, I hit the right message today, didn't I? I did well today, didn't I? Let me say something. If you think you did, if you think you did bad, that means sometimes you think you did good. You can't have it both ways. But I, I struck out today. I didn't do good today. But I tell you what, I feel like I'm striking out right now, but praise God, I'm a swinging. Hey, you may preach the gospel better than I preach, but you won't preach a better gospel than I preach. Buddy, we have got a competition and a reason we're competing because we think we're something. I'm not trying to rebuke nobody. I'm telling you, I'm trying to keep us to a place where God can use us and God can bless us and stay the hand of the enemy off our life. But I'm telling you, it's life and death. This thing's real. It's not something to be flipping about. Hey, and I like to have a good time and I'm done. Let's go eat some barbecue. Praise God. But I'm going to say something right now. We, we're in a battle. We're in a fight. I like having a good time. I mean, I have a good time. I, I really do. I know that some people think that's a sin, but, but you know, I do like having a good time. I like enjoying myself. But buddy, I'm telling you what, when it comes to serving God, going to church, worshiping God, praising God, telling people about it, it's serious, friend. It's serious business. I ain't got time to preach all of it, but I'll tell you what Gideon did. What God get, did through Gideon. Gideon said, well, God said there's 10,000 people here. Gideon, that's too much. You take these 10,000 people and you think you had something to do with it. God whittled her down to 300 men. And you know the ones he whittled it down to? He whittled it down to the men. And I'm too, I'm, my, I've, I've got a blood clot and I'm not kidding. I've got a blood clot in my knee and I'm not getting down. But you know what happened? They sent them down to the, to the, to the water. And God said the ones that lapped the water up with their hand. And here's what I take from that. I take it when they, they were some that went down there, they just stuck their head in the water because they're thirsty. They were some down there that did like this, but then they were some that stuck their hand in the water and drank. And the reason being is because they knew at any time the enemy could come. And God said, that's who you need. I tell you what we need in here today. We need some men to understand we're in a battle. Hey, get you some water. Praise God, we got it. We got the word of God. We've got the water. We got the moving water. We've got the Holy Spirit. We got the still water of the word of God. But I tell you what, let's be on the lookout. Let's be fit for the fight. Thank you, preacher. I'm, I'm finished.